I think the Lord has uh, given me something to share today. And uh, I don't know who it was that introduced um, the word deconstruct to us a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was Brandon. Anyway, somebody said the word deconstruct. I'd, I'd never heard it before. But ever since then, God has been working on deconstructing some things. And uh, one of the words he started working on this week, uh, deconstructing, was the word uh, fellowship. And I guess it depends on how you grew up as to how you think about the word fellowship. I think about an old fellowship hall that smells like Play-Doh and crayons. <laughs> and we're having dinner there. But um, God gave me a, kind of a new picture of the word fellowship this week, and I got a lot of it from um, the book that our home group is um, reading together, uh, Beholding and Becoming, and he is talking about the word uh, koinonia, which is Greek for fellowship. Um, I'm going to read a little bit about what he said about that, and then I'm going to share some stuff that I think the Lord showed me about that. Um, Koinonia, or fellowship, is a supernatural experience, and I never thought about it like that. Um, I just, I think about it, it's very fleshly, we're eating, we're talking, we're drinking coffee, and um, God just has such a different idea of what we need to be doing when we fellowship. He he has, he calls... uh, Our fellowship with the Lord, he calls it vertical fellowship. And then my fellowship with Eddie and Laura would be horizontal fellowship or horizontal koinonia. And um, he says, "When when a Christian fellowships with his Lord, it is in another realm. It's another realm happening. So is horizontal koinonia. It is a spiritual thing, at least the right kind of horizontal koinonia. Uh, It's not, it does not involve any religious activity. That's not, that's not what fellowship and koinonia is. It's not participating in religious activity. And I'm going to lose my place every now and then, so uh, bear with me. Um, and he lists some things that um, he considers to be religious. Um, uh, what was the word I used? Religious? Yes, religious activities. I'm not going to list those because I still think some of them are spiritual myself. Um, but he says these practices fall into a different category than the spiritually organic experience of koinonia, or fellowship. When an individual Christian learns to fellowship with his Lord, he is learning to draw real life from the Lord. And that's what we've been talking about for like a year, maybe more, well, 30 years, maybe more, is our fellowship with the Lord. Um, We have doxa in our Moni, Vernell, (laughs) and we are 
using that glory of God that lives in us, we're touching that and we're fellowshipping with the Father. Um, when an individual Christian learns to fellowship with the Lord, he's drawing real life from the Lord. When a group of Christians who have learned to fellowship inwardly with the Lord gather together, we draw life from each other. Man, that is just not in my brain. That's when I say fellowship, even the word koinonia, I've heard that for years and years. That is not what I think about. I think about the, don- the donut room. Or I think about uh, going to Hugo's, Mexican food after, you know, that's what fellowship is. But God says it's something else. It's just as much on a different spiritual plane as fellowshipping with the Lord is. I think we've got to deconstruct our ideas of that so the Lord can reconstruct the truth of that word. This, our horizontal fellowship, is a spiritual operation of the Holy Spirit. It is as if the Father and one believer is loving the Son and another believer and vice versa. Because this fellowship was going on when time began. The Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son, they existed and they were fellowshipping. And now they fellowship through us. Okay. Okay. There's, there's more. Just have to find my place. Koinonia is partnership, participation, social intercourse of benefaction, communion, and fellowship. Benefaction comes from the word benefit. When we fellowship, we're benefiting one another. Oh my gosh, how many times have you been with somebody and when you were finished being with them, you felt smaller Or you feel like something was sucked out of you during that conversation or during that party or whatever. Um, boy, I, I don't want to participate in that kind of interaction. We are needy people. I'm a very needy, very needy person. And I usually walk into a room needy, and immediately I look around and I go... Who has something for me today? I am feeling so small. Who can I go to to make me feel bigger? To make me feel smarter? To make me feel more spiritual? To make me feel prettier? What do I need today or what do I think I need today? And who's gonna, who in this room is going to give it to me? I have spent years and years and years and years being a black sucky hole of need to my husband. I don't even know what I need, but whatever it is, he better fulfill it because I have expectations of him. That's what husbands do. And I mean, how can he do that when I don't even know what I need? 
But we walk into rooms and parties and meetings as needy people. And we're looking, and you know, some people you just look right over because they've never fulfilled one of your needs. And so they're not even on my radar today. I'm not going to fellowship with them. I'm not going to drink coffee and eat donuts with them. Because <laughs> they don't feed my need. Our koinonia fellowship, I got way off track, so I may repeat myself. Our koinonia fellowship with each other, our horizontal koinonia, should be life-giving and not life-sucking. It's just, it's a thing. I think about how I, or we, think of others as we get together, either on a Sunday morning or in home group or meet for coffee or whatever we do with people, I almost cringe when I think of how I have seen people in the past. If I go in needy, I'm going to look for them to fill my need for attention, for affection, for validation, for significance. And my attitude toward everybody is, feed me. I look around and I ask, who can feed me? It's like a baby bird with their mouth open. When you go into a situation, a conversation, into a room with baby bird syndrome, they can drop anything in there and you're going to swallow it. Anything, bad stuff. I go places and come home with bad stuff all the time. I have to talk to Mike about it. I have slime on me. He said, you went in it, you went in open. You went in needy. Baby bird syndrome. Just open your mouth and whatever somebody's going to pour in, you're going to swallow it. Give me what I want. We come to each other with fathomless expectations fathomless because we don't even know what we need we haven't said search me O God and know my heart know my anxious thoughts and see if there's a harmful way in me we don't do that we just wake up in the morning and we feel things from yesterday from last week last year, from when we were three, you know, we just wake up feeling needy, and we're, I'm, I'm going to put this on myself and not you, I'm all unsettled and anxious and needy. And I'm looking for a person to heal my soul sickness. Our souls are sick. Our spirit's not sick. Our spirit's not sick. Our spirit's whole. The glory of God lives there. But my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, they are sick. They are needy. And as much as I want Laura to fix that for me today, she has nothing 
to fix that except to tell me to go back to the Father and get my healing from where he lives. So we fulfill our neediness when we're in the presence of the Lord. These needs are valid needs. Everybody needs to be validated. Everybody needs affection. Everybody needs attention. Everybody needs a sense of significance. But as much as I know Louise loves me, she might make me feel significant for like a minute, but it's, it's not what I need. I like to be around people like Louise because they feed me good stuff. They put oatmeal in, <laughs> in my little baby bird mouth instead of something yucky. But my real sense of significance is going to come when I spend time with the Lord, when I spend time in his presence. We can't fellowship horizontally until we have fellowshiped vertically and gotten with the Lord and let him fulfill what it is that I I don't even know what I need. I, I just know I woke up anxious today or I woke up lonely today or whatever. Um, and then you start on this quest during your day to uh, find somebody, find somebody who's going to make you feel better. Your neediness is filled in the secret place. We get established in the secret place, and then horizontal koinonia builds up what the Lord did. It builds on what we got in the secret place. When I think about that responsibility, it is stark and daunting. When I compare it to what my definition of fellowship is, you got in the secret place today, and the Lord gave you significance and value, and he made you feel loved, he honored you, he called you beloved, and then you spent 10 minutes with me in the donut room, and I took it from you. Somehow, with some phrase or some dig or some joke, some opinion that I have that nobody wants to hear, that's not fellowship. Facebook is not fellowship. I can learn facts about you on Facebook, but I can't fellowship with you on Facebook. It's a huge opportunity to offend people. Ask me. I don't know how to do Facebook without making people mad. I just turned it off. My words to you when I am with you should support what the Lord gave you in the secret place. Not steal from you or challenge it. Did I really hear from you? 
this morning, Lord, and did you really tell me that I'm loved and valued? What happened? I fellowship with somebody, and they stole it. They stole it. Um, I was thinking about that song we just sang, Take Away My Distractions. He's not taking away the distractions, but he can make me undistractable. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm distracted, it's not, it's not Eddie's fault. <laughs> it's my fault, because I forgot what the Lord told me today. Um, because after being with Joni, I sure don't feel like what God told me today. I feel unlovable and small after being with her. The Experiencing God book that we've done a couple different times encourages us to, excuse me, recognize that God has gone before us and is already at work in whatever situation or person that I may encounter today. So I go to fellowship with Vernell. And as I'm driving to see her, I'm asking the Lord, what are you doing in Vernell today, Lord? How can I cooperate with that? What have you given me that I can give her in Koinonia Fellowship today? I don't just want to talk junk I want to give her life today. I don't want to suck the life out of her now. She hates it when I do that. My job, and I got off track, my job is to ask how can I cooperate with what God is already doing in Vernell? It's kind of the opposite of the baby bird syndrome. Koinonia Fellowship is participation with the Lord in Vernell's life. What can I do, Lord, to enhance Vernell's experience with you today? It ultimately goes back to what Karis talked about in Ephesians a couple weeks ago and how the Lord has given us tools when we're with each other, uh, it's like a um, horizontal koinonia assignment. He's given some of us as prophets, not foretellers, but forth tellers. Prophets speak forth the word of the Lord. And sometimes the Lord gives you that so that when you're with Vernell, you can be a prophet to her. You can... You can prophesy to her. You can speak forth in her life. Or the Lord might give you um, the gift of evangelism, bringing people to Christ. He may give you the gift of being a shepherd or a pastor, uh, soul care givers. I love that. He may give you the gift of teaching or expounding or making something understandable and simple. 
And all of that is for the perfecting of the saints and the building up of the body. So is my fellowship perfecting the saints and building up of the body? I can think of very little fellowship that I have had that actually intentionally built up the body and did that other thing I said. Perfected the saints. And I think that also extends to the Romans 12 um, list of, of um, gifts. Romans 12 says, I exhort you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service, not just worship to God, but in the supernatural fellowship with the body of Christ. Present your bodies, your physical bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for the building up of the body. I need to keep myself healthy and pure so that my fellowship with you can be healthy and pure. We have gifts that differ according to the grace that is given us, and you're all very familiar with this list. Prophecy or speaking forth, the gift of service, teaching, exhorting, which is um, um, building up and edifying. The gift of giving, the gift of leading or administrating and showing mercy. Brandon, last week you said that you are waiting for the Lord to break down my misconceptions of what my place is in this body. Let's all, let's all ask the Lord to do that in us. To break down my misconceptions of what I am to this body. I wouldn't be surprised if our next emphasis after vertical koinonia isn't uh, an emphasis, not totally, but involves some horizontal koinonia. We become not just motivated by these gifts that the Lord gives us, the teaching and the helping and the speaking. We need to be wise and skilled in that stuff. We need to become masterful at shepherding and soul care. We need to become master servers Skilled teachers. We need to become skilled and talented at edifying each other. At leading. At being givers. Not just giving to anyone who sticks their hands out and wants something. But being good stewards of what God has given us. 
We need to become persuasive speakers for Christ. And that doesn't just happen by osmosis. It happens as you engage yourself in the body of Christ and you practice this. And Vernell has volunteered herself (laughs) for all of you to get with and practice this on. She'll take anything, all the stuff. We need to become persuasive speakers and not just talkers. Because anybody can just talk. But we need to become intentional speakers. Skilled friends. I want to be a skilled friend. Okay, so I've given you some stuff to ask the Lord to deconstruct in you Just totally get rid of that old fellowship hall that smells like Play-Doh as part of your, I don't know, I think about the fellowship hall in Buena Park as just where you fellowshiped. And if you didn't fellowship there, you didn't fellowship anywhere. So ask the Lord to deconstruct the word fellowship in you and then build it back up. And that's all I have.